on the first birthday, September 1992, we made a profit of £1,500. And the body shop never had to give us another penny. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown I'm constantly inspired by my podcast guests. So as you know, each week I take 10 minutes to reflect and share some of my own insights after speaking to brilliant founders who have joined me over the past three years and sparked a thought that would go on to impact my world and my way of thinking. These light bulb moments are brought to you thanks to Dell Technologies, who believe in shining a light on the most inspiring moments in all of our lives. Lord John Bird was one of the most fascinating people I've ever spoken to. Incredibly funny, charismatic and plain speaking. His life has seen twists and turns like no one else I've spoken to. And it was the friendship of Gordon Roddick, co-founder of The Body Shop, that would go on to change not only his life, but the lives of 92,000 homeless and impoverished people who have collectively earned over 115 million through selling The Big Issue. The moment we started, we lost money. So when by Christmas we were selling 100,000 copies, this is three months after long, we were losing 12, 13, 15 thousand pounds a month it got up to 25,000 because we were so brilliantly accepted by the public and the vendors and then one day in June 1992 we'd been running for about 10 months he said John I'm losing I'm giving you 25,000 pound a month you said it was going to cost 30,000 pounds to bring it to fruition and profit you know, I've spent £300,000 on you rather than thirty, And I said to him, well, what's an all amongst mates? And he told me to piss off. He said, you've got three months. In three months, if you haven't sorted out... That would be the end. So I loved the challenge. I thought, wow, yeah. So I thought, I know what I'm going to do. There was about 25 staff. So I went back and I said to 10 of them, half of those were you know, on part-time or whatever. They were students who were going to go to the college anyway. So I reduced the staff. I took the paper from an A3 to an A4, got rid of the printer and got another printer, turned it from 10p to 20p to the vendors and doubled the circulation, sorry, the occurrence, from a monthly to a fortnightly and said to the editorial staff, I'm sorry, from now on, you just have to work twice as hard. Otherwise, you there's the door. And in those days, you could say those kind of things and you wouldn't have somebody all over you. And it worked your first birthday, was it, that you turned to profit? On the first birthday, September 1992, we made a profit of £1,500. And the, the body shop never had to give us another penny. And it was so brilliant. You were talking about Gordon. Gordon is a awkward Scotsman. He's a pain in the ass. I love that guy. Gordon said, look, he'll get the job going because he's a rude, ruthless person and he doesn't mind working through the night. So all the things which were great compliments to me were coming from a man who was the first person I thought, wow, 
He knows what he's talking about. He believes in me more than I believe in me. I thought it would last six months, maybe a year. And here we are, 29 years later. I say that all my true business learnings, and in turn, huge personal growth for me, has been thanks to when I've messed up or I've been tackling an unfair, inconceivable turn of bad luck within my business dream. Be it lacking money, allyship, knowledge or expertise, it's been those moments where you come so close to business death which have propelled me into the woman I am today. Would I want to do it all again? Hell no. But do I look back and thank those periods of time? Yes. I'd say even though they cause scars, the healing process made me better than I was before. Let me tell you a story. I take you back to 2006, where Sophie and I were trying to raise money to keep Not in the High Street alive. Practically no women raised money at this time, and I know that because only last year it was reported that one P of every pound invested by VCs went to female founders. So imagine what it was like 16 years ago. We had maxed out our credit cards, were paying the few staff we had with our credit card checkbooks. We'd taken out all the loans we could find, and now this was it. Business death was drawing near, and we'd not even celebrated our first birthday. And it was painfully ironic, because even though we thought we had the contingency funds, it was just like when you do up a property. There's always things that crop up, isn't there? A new roof or blinking new plumbing that you could not have predicted. Well, it's the same in business. Instead of plumbing, ours was a web agency who didn't actually build us the tech we needed to launch. So we had to rebuild an entirely new website from scratch within months of launching. But back to the ironicness. You see, it was entering the festive period, but our cash was at its lowest. And suddenly the till started ringing. I mean, I, I say ringing. I'm, I'm winking at you right now. We were now doing hundreds of pounds a day rather than 50 pounds a day. But it was working. And yet we were all about baked beans at home, coming to work with double coats so we didn't have to have the heating on. It was seriously bad. My dad, who was the wonderful FD, financial director at the time, told me as we went to a funeral on the train that it was so bad that if we didn't raise money fast, not only would we lose the company, but my house was at risk. Not only had I not seen my son enough, I'd missed his first steps and words. I'd now risked the roof over our heads. It was a frigging depressing day, let me tell you that. But like John, we did what we had to do. We changed our mindsets, our energy, we pushed harder, we did what it took. I called every human I knew, and I mean that by the way, everyone, everyone got a call, from aunts to neighbours, and I even called up Richard Branson's office and asked to be put through. And that's not a joke, I, I really did do that. And funnily enough, I didn't get through. When you come that close, you see, to it all being over, then it just really doesn't matter. There was no way anyone was taking our business away from us. And Sophie and I were the parents of this most magnificent brand. And we knew we were going to save it. 
We were set up to meet a few VCs and would take every meeting going, however absurd they are now as I look back and what we actually had to go through, from men telling us that it was nothing but a crafts business or a lifestyle company, in inverted commas, or that their wives did the shopping and they wouldn't know where to begin with us. We met not one woman. And you know why? There were no female VCs at the time. Can you actually believe that? We took the tube with our bags of amazing products from Sergeant Smith's Kids Dinosaur T-shirt with Harry Osaurus printed on the front to Twisted Twee's Pint and Half Pint T-shirt set for son and father or our first ever personalised charm bracelet, literally created on Not on the High Street. We couldn't afford taxis and so we would lug our wares from corporate office to stale boardroom. And at the time, we knew that our model was not right. And the more we spoke to people, the more we realised we just had to deal with it. So one late night, or it could have very easily been a very early morning, we emailed all of our partners and told them that the commission rate was going to go from 10% to 20% the following Monday. We realised that personalisation was the key for us. And so we launched the personalisation tab, I mean, do I wish we had thought of that before? Yes. We also then had to ask our parents for loans, which meant they had to go into their pensions or remortgage their homes, something we never wanted to do. But like John, going from 10p to 20p per issue or going from A3 to A4 overnight, these are the rip-off-the-plaster decisions you need to make in a heartbeat to stay alive. It is literally the choice between life and death. John moved printers. He printed fortnightly, not monthly, telling everyone you will need to work doubly as hard for the same pay. But in three months, because Gordon Roddick believed in John more than he did himself and challenged him to deal with the place they found themselves in, John got the business into profitability And there he tells that story on my interview, on my podcast, 29 years on. And as they say, the rest is history. Let me tell you about when someone believed in us. Our wonderful friend, Julie Turner, who was and is a remarkable woman in PR and worked with us so closely for so long and looked after all of our PR. She was sitting in church in France and turned to the man behind her. She too knew how close we were to it all ending and so asked this gentleman on the pew behind her if he knew of anyone that could help us. And by the grace of God, he did. Julie ran out of the church and called me. She told me that there was a VC called Tom Teichman who had invested and wrote the first cheque for lastminute.com. Monday 9am, Holly playing it really cool called Tom to sell myself and sell the business and try and score a meeting. The following week, we were in the Spark Ventures offices, our bags unpacked and almost a stall made with all of our products, beautiful folders and our pictures inside, Sophie and Dad by my side. This was it. It was November and there was no way on earth we had the money to last till spring next year. Everyone was soon to be packing up to have this lovely time around the tree and all I could think of was my life being over as I knew it. That this dream that I knew the world needed never being realised. Tom kept his cards close to his chest asking us to finish up after an hour. 
very nicely asking us to relook at that percentage we were prepared to give away, flash to that sort of dragon's den moment. We didn't even have a year of accounts. Trading was steadily moving up. But my goodness, did Sophie and I dance that day. You'd never have known ever how close we were to the wire. We told everyone the dream that sort of was happening and how things couldn't be going better, that we were not worried. On the contrary, we were pumped for the future and it was only a matter of time before we were going to be snapped up. We got that second meeting. It was a few weeks out from Christmas Day and I will always remember the feeling of excitement but with utter dread mixed in. We had a beautiful company called Hulk and Press make us personalised books for everyone in the meeting. A handmade pencil was tucked up into it and our beautiful business card sat on top, which were the tag and the blue ribbon hanging off it. This was our logo. Still the best logo I think there ever was. Our store was set. The dino t-shirt was out and the clocks were ticking. We had one hour to convince the room of men that we were the chosen ones, we were the chosen women. The hour came to a close and they told us that they will need to regroup and that they would be in contact. I can always remember, honestly, my heart hitting the floor. My father gently helped Sophie and I with our coats as he knew we'd be broken. He held our bags and he squeezed my hand. We walked to the lift and Dad turned to us both and told us how proud he was and that we did our best. There was nothing more that we could have given. I wanted to cry. I always remember that. I wanted to cry loudly and I have to say I think we all did. And I couldn't wait for that blinking ping of the lift. I then heard my name being called and it was Tom. He asked if we would step into his office as we entered He had arranged for a bottle of fizz to be brought in. He told us that we had the spark and that the only time he'd ever felt it was when he saw Martha and Brent for the first time, the infamous founders of LastMinute.com. February the 14th, 2007, the day of love was the day that our business survived. It was loved. The money was in our bank and we knew that someone believed in us. We believed in us ourselves, that we could go through all of that, make the changes we had to, and we had the power against all the odds, against the male-dominated world, to save a business that ultimately had changed the course of so many lives today, so many women's lives. And after that day, I have to tell you all, many hard days came along, year in, year out. But each time we learnt more about business and we learnt more about ourselves. We were able to heal quicker, spot things faster. We started to relish in being able to tackle even the biggest issues with the grit and determination we'd shown in that first year. I suppose we ended up embracing change as challenges and not problems. It was thanks to these challenges, I am who I am today, speaking to you that I have the scars that taught me so much and I don't wish them on you. But if you do have to go through similar times, know now when I look back, I'm thankful for them. Now, 
Now, before you go, what I hadn't told you is that this is one of 10 very special Lightbulb Moment episodes brought to you by Dell Technologies. Lightbulb Moments happen to us each and every day of life, where we discover learnings, hear stories that inspire us, or witness things that trigger sudden, enlightening thoughts that change our lives forever. And that's why I'll be welcoming 10 incredible female founders from Dell's Women's Entrepreneur Network, otherwise known as DWEN, into the safe space to share their personal lightbulb moments. I really do believe that by sharing the tales of our brightest moments, we have the ability to build, grow and empower a female community of entrepreneurs, becoming stronger than we could ever have imagined. This week, Karen Fields, founder of Cooler Communications, will be sharing her very own light bulb moment. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Karen Fields, founder of The PR Engine, where I teach business owners how to boost their visibility using the power of publicity. I've worked in public relations for 20 years with some leading global brands, and I've also been a coach and advisor to startups and small businesses. I know we all experience light bulb moments every day, but the one I wanted to share was when I had one that completely changed my perspective about comparing myself and my business progress to others. It happened one day when I was driving along, thinking about my business and how much I needed to do to be like some of the big name business leaders I admired, when I suddenly realized people and businesses are a little bit like cars. There are so many different options available. We're all busy going somewhere and all our journeys take different lengths of time. My light bulb moment made me appreciate how we're all going in our own directions and in my business, I just need to focus on my lane, my journey and doing what I need to do to get where I want to go. I thought about how over the past two decades, I'd had a very successful career where I've won a few awards and spoken at a few industry conferences, but now I was just starting out and had only been in business for a few months. The business leaders I was comparing myself to had at least 10 to 20 years of experience doing what they did, so of course they were further ahead than me. In 20 years' time, I'll also be where they are now. This perspective has helped me to stop comparing myself because now I focus on my daily actions and remember that we're all on our own path. I don't know where those other people are going to or what journey they've had, and therefore I can't compare myself to them. In my car, though, I have total control over who I travel with, where I'm going, which route I'm taking, and what music I want to listen to. By focusing on my own consistent daily actions, I know with absolute certainty that I will get where I want to be. I hope sharing my light bulb moment helps you to recognize those life-changing moments, however small, that happen to you each and every day, as one of them might change the direction of your life for the better too. A big thank you to Dell Technologies who've bought us this episode today. I hope you enjoyed this light bulb moment. I really do. To listen to my whole conversation with the fabulous Lord John Bird or any of our past founders, search Conversations of Inspiration wherever you get your podcast. And if this episode, my story, has helped you on your journey or you look back at it in time and you think, my goodness, Holly did help me that day. I'd be so grateful if you would rate and review to help us reach even more people. 